You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to season two. <laughs> season two of the Reflections Music Podcast. Season two, episode one. And what episode, what first episode it's going to be. I'm here as always uh, with my man Ash. What's good, everyone? How, how you doing? Glad to be back. Glad to be talking music in these crazy times that we are living in. Um, and yeah, what what an album to, to kick off season two. It's only right that we kick off with this album, I think. Did you agree? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the album is Voodoo by D'Angelo, his second release and considered by many to be his best, his best work. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, before I get into the notes that we usually do, Ash, initial thoughts surrounding this album, just like, I don't know, any anecdotes you got about it or, you know, we're going to obviously dive into it but you know what are your initial thoughts about around this you know one? i was um i was in music college when when this dropped and uh you know it was long anticipated eagerly waiting it because the first album had really kind of brought me into music and wanted me to get into this type of music and and be about it and learn more about it um and you know yeah i i, I loved brown sugar i still love brown sugar and, you know, for this album to come and, you know, you started getting snippets on the radio and some are a bit exciting and some are just like, mm, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what this is. And then you get the album and you find yourself only really listening to two songs because you can't get your head around the rest of them because it's just so far away from, from Brown Sugar. Yes, Ash. But, yes. But, I thought I was the only dude that was the, doing the two songs. Okay, but cool. But it comes. <laughs> it comes. It comes. And it, it and the more you the more you deal with it and the more you get into it. Um and I was just saying to someone this morning, it's like it's an album that showed me about evolution and mastery and and the creative artistic approach to not just give fans and, and record labels a dose of what they already want and what's already made you successful. Sometimes you do have to push yourself and find that next base and it's hard and you have to take a stand and, and really go against a lot. And, you know, he, he went against a lot, but as you go, as you get more into that album and as you give it more time and as you grow as a person, like this album is incredible, like just, yeah, it's just amazing um, what he's done. And it's, yeah, a real testament to, to his artistry. Um, you know, and like, if I think about what Music Soul Child, when we did that episode and, you know, the regret and the, the remorse that he has, that he just didn't do what he wanted to do. And he just kept on giving people what he thought they wanted and giving everyone what that, that first I Just Want to Sing album. And it didn't make him happy. And in the end, it didn't quite make everyone else happy either whereas D'Angelo went and did his thing took the time to really create a, a, a body of work that will last the test of time without shadow of a doubt um but yeah awesome awesome and then just that video 
that video being a guy and that video. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll oh. we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely get into that, Ash. But yeah, my feelings. Um, well, because I, I guess we have spoken about this over the years. We've known each other, but not sort of. You know, I don't have a sort of like fixed idea of what you how you feel about this. But um, you saying that it, it almost mirrors my my feelings identically. Um, over the last what were you now twenty one years. Over the last twenty one years, I've my attitude towards it has definitely changed. You know, there were, I mean, there were years where I just like, nah, I think this album's terrible. I think it's awful, you know, bar two songs. That was, that was my feeling for years. And then coming back to it, understanding it. And, and you know what? And I'm, I'm afraid to say sort of like listening to interviews with him and other people, you know, cause sometimes it's like, I think my, my thing was, I just didn't understand where it was coming from. You know what I mean? It was all a bit too lo-fi for me. Do you know what I mean? Not it was not as bright as 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 brown sugar, but you know we'll get into it. But yeah, but yeah, over the years I've just come to have a different appreciation for it, and uh, I I listen to it with different ears, more forgiving ears now, and there are still some seriously genius moments in it, which we'll get to talk about. Yeah. So yeah, strap in, folks. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> All right. So Voodoo recorded at Electric Lady Studios uh, between '98 and '99, and uh, part of this uh, podcast we've already done, right? So the whole Electric Lady Studios, we did that when we did the Roots. Yeah, we spoke a lot about that, right? The Soulquarians and all the people in there. So this was this was recorded around the same time as that album and like Chocolate for Water. Water. Yeah, yeah. And I'll do what else? Second album, Mama's Gun, which we'll go on. Mama's Gun. And we'll exactly. Do, um, yeah, Roots, Phrenology album, which was right after How Things Fall Apart. That's um, right. And yeah, just a lot of amazing work came out of that camp with Poiser, um, yep. Hargrove on the horns, and, and Westlove on the drums. Um, you know, just that collective, like the time that they spent in that space, and you know, not just that. It's like it's Hendrix's place. It's it's the the root of what he was doing and where he was coming from. It's the you know you know D talks about though playing the same roads that Stevie played and and using those same amps to get that energy and that that feel the of the of the the great greater gods that came before them, so to speak you know and just tapping into that energy and it, it's it's a, a period of time in music and it definitely you know we we talked about we talked about that first wave and we talked about the second wave and we start this second series like looking at the return of the first wave and how they pushed the sound forward and and pushed it on to the to the next level they didn't stay where they didn't they didn't keep still they moved it on and I think actually just saying this out loud and talking about as I'm speaking is probably what went wrong with Neo Soul and why it didn't go much further it died out because the progression stopped and everyone just used the same formulas and and found you know kept things the same whereas these guys with their second albums they really pushed the boat. Uh, Maxwell did in, in, in a different way, which we'll talk about on another episode. But, you know, what D'Angelo and what Badu and the Soul Quarians did 
in this this time, this period of time between 98 and 2002, let's say, and the bodies of work that they put out just really kind of shifted it up a gear and moved it somewhere else that I don't think many people really reached or, or got to. And that's why they're the Trinity. That's why they are the top ends. Not only did they create the scene, but they pushed it on to a place that actually no one else really reached. Um, it's a little bit sad, but it's, yeah, it's the truth. The truth. <laughs> it is the truth. It is the truth. So, uh, the label. Oh, and if you want to know more about all the uh, Electric Lady Studio stuff, we speak about a lot more in uh, Things Fall Apart. The I can't remember what episode it is, but it's the Roots episode. So go and find it. Um, <laughs> we 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 talk a lot about it in there. Uh, let me see. Yeah. So label, the label was uh, Virgin. Did I say when it was released? Did I say? No, January twenty fifth. Yeah, January twenty fifth, two thousand, right? And labels Virgin. The writers on there are are numerous. Um, so we got obviously D'Angelo, Angie Stones on here, Raphael Sadiq, Meth and Red, obviously. Uh, there's Luther Archer, who's um D'Angelo's brother. Uh, we got James Poiser from the Roots. Uh, a young man, <laughs> a gentleman called Charlie Hunter, who I went, I've done gone down a rabbit hole with this guy because I'd <laughs> never heard of him before. He's ridiculous. I think uh, he's I think did you not go down there? When I heard them, what they said about Spanish joint, oh mate. Oh my good good oh my gracious me. Okay, so that yeah. Anyway, Roy Hargrove, uh, Eugene McDaniel's, uh, Questlove and Q Tip. They're the main writers and producers. We got D'Angelo, Raphael Sadiq, and DJ Premier. The album went two times platinum. Um, it's probably, that was like at the time. Now it's probably sold a lot more than that. Peaked at number one US pop debut. And that was, it debuted at number one. So this was huge. So Ash, I don't know about you, right? It's got the first two singles, right? We're going to get into singles, right? So the first single technically is devil's pie right however and yes devil's pie came out before but it came out way before the album so in my in my mind this was never the opening single even though when i got the album it was on the album i was like okay yeah fine but this is not the opening this is not the opening single <laughs> this is mad to me and I don't like this tune, man. What was, the, what was the date on it? Did you did you get a date? Yeah, thirty first of October, ninety eight, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like a good while before, but exactly. So this is one of those. This in my head, this is one of those ones that an artist drops to keep people interested, keep to to let people know I'm recording this album, but I'm still about. Here you go, and all I'm thinking is like, man, this is trash. <laughs> this is trash, D. <laughs> Although. It's in the it's in the belly soundtrack. It's on the belly soundtrack, isn't it? Right, and it works in there because obviously it would because it's hip hop. It's hip hop infused, and you know it's a DJ Premier um, produced track. Anyway, written and produced by D'Angelo DJ Premier. I don't like this song. It was on the belly soundtrack. Um, I don't even like to associate it with this album. But um, when I got the album, the fact that it was on here. I was just like, this just adds to the fact that why this album's just not working for me. Just just don't feel it at all. But anyway, go ahead, Ash. Yeah, no, it, it was <laughs> it was a curveball, uh, to say the least. 
when when it dropped uh, and when it came out. Um, but it was actually it was actually a pretty. I, so two things. So this is the only track that Premiere does on on the album. Mm-hmm. So I feel like part of me feels like part of his evolution or D'Angelo's evolution from the soulfulness of the soulfulness of Brown Sugar with its hip hop backdrop to it or light hip hop backdrop to it. Him spending some time with Premier and producing this was a bit of a step down the, the rabbit hole to see what it would be like to go darker and go deeper into hip hop and really, really get that dark sound that that kind of flows throughout most of this album. Um, and it works on one level, but uh, I, I don't it, just because of what we were used to hearing D'Angelo do, it just doesn't work for anything else because it's just like such a step away from from it all. It's it's harsh, um, and yeah, it's proper. It's a proper hip hop beat, and you know the, there's musicianship in there, but you, you don't take any of that into account really. All you're hearing is this really heavy beat. The premiere scratches um, and D'Angelo talking about some really dark stuff. And you know what? This ain't cruising. This isn't, you know, like and he, you know, even shit down motherfucker was about relationships. This isn't about relationships. This is this is a whole other thing. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it didn't make sense. And I, I feel like they did that, saw the reactions and saw the feedback, because there's nothing else like it on the album. Like no, you know the the other steps Mm-mm. into hip hop with Red and Meth, it's it's funk with rappers. It's rappers on a funk track. It's not it's not hip hop. Um, and you know, yeah, I, I think they did it. They put it out there, and they decided to step away from it. And I feel like it's only because of the theme of the album and Voodoo and this is Devil's Pie and it's part of the story you wanted to tell. I think mm-hmm. that's the reason why it's on there because it it just don't yeah really with anything at all i mean you said it right it's such a departure if you take it as like say for instance you listen to the whole brown sugar album right the last track on that album is higher and then the next thing you hear from d'angelo is devil's pie you're just like whoa how do we go from higher to devil's pie it's just like it's like you've just gone from gospel praising the lord to like this song here it's 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 mad i was like my ears were not ready for it at all and maybe it's not a bad tune maybe if you're a hip-hop head maybe you you appreciate this tune but i'm just like even now i'm just like no 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 i just i'm always hesitant hesitant to say that a song is not it's not for an artist like that art that like that song is not not d'angelo i'm always hesitant to say that about an artist because i always feel like artists can do what they want whatever they feel they can do but in this instance i'm just like I don't think that's you, man. Yeah, I don't think that's the He's never gone back down that road. Yeah, he's he's yeah. never touched it. He, he, you know, even the the track that he did with Method Man on Method Man's album, it's it, you know, it's acoustic guitar. It's it's very soulful. Um, right. The tracks. Anytime he's featured with the Roots, it's that soulful hip hop sound. It's not the dark hip hop sound. I, I, you know, you know, part of me thinks, right? Well, what if you'd have, what if you'd have put a Nas on that track, or you know, like a mob deep or you know just something something like that some some kind of hip-hop like that i still don't think it would have worked i still I still think it would have been really weird um yeah but, but yeah. in if you take it take it away from everything else take it out of the album take it 
take it just for what it is as a track and if you put it in the right surroundings so like you're saying like on that belly soundtrack mm-hmm. it can work it, yeah it can yeah. work and it, it does not work. a bad track at all uh, I just it's such a step away such a step away it's, it's hard it's hard to take hard to digest um, and yeah. lose that initial feeling for it I think so you, we got Devil's Pie and that comes out in 98 and so that's the first thing we've heard from D'Angelo since Brown Sugar, right? Since the Brown Sugar album. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure, not sure what's, what, what's going on, what direction he's going in. Then, almost a year later, 19th of October, 1999, we get a second release from this album, which is Left and Right, which is him with Red and Meth, uh, also written, uh, Q-Tip has a writer's credit, writer's credit on this one as well. Produced by D'Angelo. And I don't know whether this is me being so grateful and thankful that he's come back with something a bit more jiggy and a bit more... I ran out and bought this single and I <laughs> I still love it now. I love the I love the guitar riff. I love the... Jing, 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 jing. Like you say, it's funky, it's jiggy and red and meth and probably... At this point, so what were we in like late '99? They were huge at this point, right? They were they were yeah. doing their thing, right? Yeah. So everyone loved them at this point. So and their their and their work on it is great. I mean, their their lyrics are funny. I mean, I've seen some write ups saying their lyrics were mis- misogynistic, but then you know, at the time when are hip hop lyrics not misogynistic, so. right? Yeah. Right. So yeah, there's that. But, but but saying that, not for that scene. Not for that scene. This is a coming together of a, a collaboration that, you know, isn't, it hasn't really been done. All of the, the hip hop soul that you've got has been common. It's been, you know, guru. It's been right. um, the roots, like Black Four. Like it's been a different type of hip hop to conscious, conscious yeah, type of hip hop. Yeah. What Red and Meth are spitting. What Red and Meth was spitting was dirtiness. This is a dirty mm-hmm. track. It's not a clean track. It's not a love song. Mm-hmm. And I think Red and Meth really add to that to let you know what this song's about. Because you might miss the message because just you're thinking, oh, it's D'Angelo and he's just singing, and I can't really understand what he's saying anyway. Because <laughs> like, but they let you know what time it is, and you know, again, and I, I think it's really good that. You know, D'Angelo had done uh, the breakups to makeups track on Method Man's last album. He, Red Man had done a remix on Me and Those Dreaming Eyes of Mine. You know, it, it's just really cool that they kind of came together like that and were were able to be brought in. And it, and it works. It works. There's a real good energy to it, real good flow. Something that I used to play when I was DJing, um, you know, it, it can work in a club setting. The video is mad. It is mad. Like I don't ever remember seeing a video like when I was uh, growing up when when the album first came out, and seeing it now is wild. Well, it well basically, you know when you think you know, you think you've seen the video before, and then and then you go back and check it out. You're like, I have never seen this before. Yeah. This is this is a bit crazy. But then at the same time, right? So in the video, he's 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 never with them, is he? It's like they, filmed, they were filmed. Well, they were there. They were, they were yeah. There. They were there. Yeah. They were, they, the shot was done. There's a there's a BET video that I watched. Yeah. And um and they're, they're showing backstage and behind the scenes of the video shoot. And they're there. They're right. living, but they're not 
really they're never they're never they're never on the same and on the screen together which is which is weird right so it looks like they filmed at different times and but such a small stage though that they've got that band on it's such it looks like such a proper dingy little club yeah it's 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 weird but then he's there with the guitar isn't he he's there with a guitar and he's got his shirt off right so we should have known what was coming we should have known where where he was going or where the record company was taking him to but um because looking back it was like oh yeah they're letting us know (laughs) they're like because i I never focused on it at the the same time they didn't because how did we miss that video like it, it, it for whatever reason it wasn't really picked up and it wasn't wasn't played out it, you know we knew the song but i never remember the video so maybe because it was so dark and dingy and stuff the, the yeah stage maybe you know your bass and stuff didn't didn't go with it didn't run with it didn't yeah it. yeah maybe yeah that's that's a good point but yeah i think it's a great track though um yeah so I was saying, I was saying at the time, well, I said before that there was only two tracks I listened to. So that makes it now there were three tracks that I used to listen to for this album. <laughs> Just the three. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this one was cool. This was good. And this was good. This did vocal production. So he was doing like, he was doing like percussion. He, That's uh, right. If you listen to it like closely, you, you'll hear little, little like beatbox type stuff. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's his, that's his. Yeah. Giving to the, to the project. So just, and he's, yeah, he's great at that as well. Like, and it uh, sounds a lot like what he was doing at the time. It's very much like a, was it a vibe, breathing stop vibrant thing. Yeah, breathing stop. Yeah, 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 vibrant thing. Yeah, exactly that. It was yeah that feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that's uh, what's this? This is October nineteen ninety nine, and so yeah, this is like what two months before the release of the album, and then. We get the third release, which I thought was the first release, right? <laughs> See, this was thing. This is the thing. This is the weird thing about it, right? So, like, left and right comes out in what October '99. Yeah, in my head, it's still not. <laughs> this is still not from the album. I'm just thinking, this is not like the first single from the album in my mind to this day is untitled. How does it feel, right? Released first of January 2000. This is the biggest single from the album. Written and produced by D'Angelo and Sadiq. Um, uh, number two on the R&B charts. Number 25 in the US pop charts. Now, to me, do you remember um, when we did uh, Indyari? Mm-hmm. And we did Brown Skin and I got that smile on my face. Well, this song here. This song, I had to write down my thoughts because I just had to make sure I get everything out. This song is the slow jams of all slow jams. This song is in my top five greatest slow jams of all time. And I do have a top five greatest slow jams list (laughs) that I might post on Twitter, (laughs) but I do have, and it's in my top five. And think about all the great slow jams that have ever been, right? So there's that. And the reason why it's amazing, I think it succeeds in two things, right? Where slow jams are concerned, right? First of all, you got, a good slow jam, a great slow jam has to create a vibe, whether that's a sexual vibe or emotional vibe, right? It's got to be able to create that vibe, right? And it does that yeah. immensely, right? It's 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 a sexual song and it embodies that. It captures it great. And the second thing a great slow jam has to do, it has to be great musically. And this song is great musically. Like the instrumentation on it is amazing. The bass and guitar work of Raphael Sadiq on here 
this is sick right it's because it's not like he's not a virtuoso by any means but he's just in the pocket right and it's just nice it's solid right it just lays a nice foundation for my man spanky alfred to do all them little guitar trills and all the the gets not only does the the kind of soulful guitar licks and riffs but at the end of it when it gets a bit more electric and a bit more distort distorted guitar gives it that edge it's oh man it's just it's just so good so you got you got the guitars and the bass but then you got d'angelo's organ just bringing the sweetness on top oh man that coming together just it just makes it perfect right you've got the rough guitar with the electric guitar but you've got the smooth organ and or piano whatever that is and it's just lovely it's beautiful and d'angelo's vocals i swear to you ash i'm not lying this is the only song in his entire catalog where i understand every lyric he's saying <laughs> the only song in his entire catalog where i understand every word i don't know whether it's because i'm really into the song or he just sings a bit more clear clearly but i understand him totally and he sounds great on it like he was made to sing this song he just sounds amazing from just being all smooth and the the loud crazy screams at the end just it just worked the video i don't even know where to start this video at the time i just at the time i just thought this is crazy i do you know it it's it's crazy even i was watching even just before this just as like and i'm like it's crazy it's so unexpected it's like there's just just one camera and him half naked but it just sometimes it makes uncomfortable viewing to be honest like it's so in your face it's so in your face and he's just like but then my younger self all i kept thinking was i gotta go gym I gotta go gym. <laughs> this is like like he's just he's just taking the game <laughs> he's just taking the game and decided like live this i'm telling you guys what the game is this is what the game is right now and you just like, and if you're, if you're thinking about doing music and you, yeah, you considering like maybe I want to be a solo artist, and he's saying this is the game now. I mean, if you're if you're a Max, or you might you might have been like, what the hell has he just done? He just, and it's so out of character for him. Not that saying he wasn't a sex symbol, but he was just like he just came back. It's like I am the sex symbol. I am the male sex symbol. That's it. Forget about all the other guys. Don't care what genre you're talking about. You know, neo soul. R&B, I don't care. It's me. That's what he basically said. And it now and it blows my mind that he then he says um who, who directed it? Was it Hype Williams? I don't know. Is it Hype Williams? Anyway, I chose apparently, not to do too much research on the video. <laughs> I I do, I went in. Um and he was apparently he was really uncomfortable filming it. Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't he decided that it wasn't him. And I was saying, I was saying to my wife, I was like, for someone who's really uncomfortable, he sure seems mad into it, bro. He seems mad into it. It's, it's just, it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy video. Um, I guess it does work because it, it works in one way because, well, it worked initially because, you know, it sold, it sold the song. The song didn't need it, but it added to it, added to the hype of it. But, 21 years later the legacy i think the video harms it 
because even when you even when you go into youtube and you watch the video you go into the comments if usually with a great song people people talk about oh this song's amazing this song's my jam half of those youtube comments are just just about him you know whether it's guys or girls they're just talking about him and what he looks like and all that stuff and the song's a banger you know like a, an all-time classic in my in my mind in my opinion but all people want to talk about is this video and that's a shame last thing i will say in it saying this song the full version the album version seven minutes long never feels it never feels long to me mm. it never feels long to me and what I, but what i will say the 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 video version even though they cut out sort of like that 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 breakdown part also works because usually when they cut a song for a video i'm just always like oh this doesn't sound cool but the video version also works as well so both versions are great never listen to this song go listen to it both versions are great um yeah check out the video um it's got to be seen at least once <laughs> ash what are you saying <laughs> what are you saying what can i add what can i add um I, I we had so so my cousin was 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 in the game at this time and she showed up at my house with this video not for me for my mum for my aunt <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Video, yes. Yeah. So it's before DVD. Well, not quite before DVD, but yeah. You know, oh, and funny. it's the record company video of the video, and it's got untitled on it, and it went in the video, and they press play. I had to leave the room, man. Like, just... this is the one. Yeah. Like, even the even mothers, even mothers. Ah, oh, man, crazy. But, but, let, but yeah. But let's let's look at it. All right. So this is where I think record company genius comes into work and why they did what they did and i love what you said about him coming in and making a statement saying i'm the idol i'm the symbol because it wasn't him that did that it was it was some some very i'm assuming it's some very very clever marketing or manager person who's just been like right people i'm listening to this album we've dropped left and right and we've dropped We've dropped um, the Devil's, Devil's Pie. Pie and I'm listening to this album and it's a massive step away from, from everything he's done. And I appreciate where he's coming from and there's anticipation around this album and people are going to go out and buy it straight away. But people are also going to say, what is this? This isn't what I waited five years for. This is not what I come here for. What's going on here? And the rep of the album and him as an artist would go down because mm-hmm. you don't get it and people wouldn't give it a chance or or wouldn't you know keep on giving it time or going back to it to go back to it and find it and discover it and you know all the greatness that's in the album so then you you have this song which again if you really listen to the album the song does stand out uh, uh, over over the whole feel of the album it's right towards the end you know it, it's it's you know it, it, it's got no real place in there it, it, for me anyway it doesn't fit with the flow of the album which is why it's right at the end and you know you've got this song it is a banger and they've already taken his top off for the album cover and for that first video <laughs> like and he looks mm-hmm. good and he already had girls feeling for him before anyway and exactly, now yeah. he's not on the scene either like so let's just let's let's just do it Let's just do this and make him the sex symbol and make the album or make or make the Joe public perception about the album this. 
make it about this. The musicians will always come back to the legacy. They'll always go back into the album and dig in. But on a on a popular tip, on a on a lasting legacy for fans, let's give them this. Let's make this album yeah. about this and not about voodoo. And it it worked. Because you're, you're, you're absolutely right what you say there. It's it's such a, again, <laughs> use the word, it is a departure from the rest of the album. It it, it doesn't stand out. Hence why it's what, track number eight in no, the track list or something? It's like 11, 11 or 12. Ridiculous, Wait, right? And, and you're talking about expectations, right? So I'm a bit like, not underwhelmed, but well, I'm, the, I'm underwhelmed with Devil's Pie. I feel a bit better with left and right, but this um this song comes out. You just like yes, yes, this is it. This is for me. He's getting ready to take over the world with this album, right? Then you buy it instantly, and it's an instant buy. It was going to be an instant buy anyway, but after this song, yeah, you, you're copying the album. Then you you put it in your CD player, yeah, <laughs> it's two thousand. You put it in your CD player, and then you get like player player. Was it player player devil's pie and then you're looking for you're looking for another another track that's like not similar but in the same vein if, if you're not going to get untitled that early then where's the other song that's kind of similar to untitled like where is that and then you're just going through going through you're not getting anything you're not getting anything and you're just like what have they sold me here what have they like what have they done mm. you know and i and i and i really think this also happened because you you mentioned um the trinity you mentioned Ma- maxwell i think a similar thing happened to maxwell but to a, not to a great extent because the song is not as much of a banger as untitled and we'll get into it but i'll just mention it here i think the same thing happened with embryo with coco cure coco cure's a banger yeah it was the opening single and you're just like wow yeah, I want more of that. That's a banger. And then we get something completely different. This is worse. <laughs> this is worse. <laughs> this is worse than that. I tell you, I think it it's not such... That. That, we'll, it's, we'll, we'll have this argument on another episode. It's not oh worse man, than that. I think no. this is... I think this is... This is this is, this is. is a greater crime because it's a better song and 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 the um the anticipation from myself was greater. And to 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 deliver what, what what was to get what was delivered, I I just don't know. I just still can't. I still can't get over it. Anyway, I don't want to talk about too many negatives. I want to go back to more positive stories about this. So, when doing research, I think I actually discovered this uh, this story when I was delving into uh, uh, the roots or things things fall apart and electric lady studio. So you, you know a story about how this was written. I, I just think I think he had the idea and he pulled him in. Well, well, this, well. According to Sadiq, this is I don't know how true the story is, but I think it's a great story. Apparently, Sadiq was in New York, walking around New York, and he he wanted a joint. He wanted a joint. He's like, "Where can I get weed from? Where I am?" And he was like, "Oh, I know D's recording in." Electric lady. So let me go down, hit him up, see if we can smoke a joint together. This is the story he tells. And then so he goes down there and obviously they're all musicians together. He's like, everyone's in there. You know, all the all the all the musicians are in there. He's like, let's jam. And like uh, uh I think can't remember who had the who said he had the initial idea, but they just 
they just got got going and then this came out like on a on a quick one it like apparently came together really fast yeah do you know what i mean just and i just thought it's a great story it's a great muso story that's how that's how i like to think muso's vibe together do you know what i mean you just come in you know you wasn't it, it, it wasn't planned it's not a planned session you just go in there two talented people get together boom this comes out mm. i love i love that i mean and i and i love sadiq so yeah it's cool and maybe that's why it's a it's, a, it's also a departure from the rest of the album you know because he's because the rest of the album it's got the whole Soquarian Sil- vibe in it and then you got this outside influence coming yeah in. it's similar to, to premiere being on on devil's Park, exactly you know? exactly right so it's a totally different vibe coming in and that's what you get listening back I just wish Sadiq would have been on it more because I think we would have got the album that I would have liked I would have I would love although I do love it now but it's I, yeah my relationship with it is, is very strange anyway I think we've done Untitled anything more to say on this one Ash just that the only other thing is that it, it's a real ode to Prince uh, I didn't realise it at the time but you know it, again it, it just it it yeah, I hadn't delved into Prince as much at that time, so I didn't really know, and, and I only started digging into Prince afterwards. But you can see his admiration and his his idolization of Prince yep. in this record more yep. so than yep. than any other record that, that he, yeah, you know, and it's and it's it's a really good tribute to him, I would say. It's great, and you know what? To some people who aren't into Prince like we are or I've listened to Prince's catalogue as much as we have so they just know the singles they don't realise that Prince is a connoisseur of the slow jam yeah. like people people don't realise that that like because they just think he's this crazy freaky guy who does like up-tempo funk tunes and and, and really great pop, pop songs right but this guy Prince loves a slow jam and you're right it is right it, it is an, it's an ode to Prince I, I vow not to mention Prince too much on this podcast because I, I just feel like um a lot of D'Angelo's problem is that he's been trying to get as close to Prince for the last 20 years. Trying to, trying to, it's like, he's like on a print, finding Prince journey. If he ever does a document, I would love to be a documentary filmmaker and say, D, I want to do a documentary and we're going to call it D's journey or D's fight, D'Angelo finding Prince or something like that. Because I just feel like he's on, on a journey. When you listen to, okay, it's a bit of a, bit of a, uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> a digression but we listen to brown sugar right and brown sugar is so uh keyboard and piano uh infused right it's it's driven by the keys and piano we come on to here on onto onto voodoo and we, we start to hear more guitar there's still keys there but we start to hear more guitar and then we get to black messiah which is how many years after this now 15 13 yes something like that and then it's even more guitar, less keys, and it's so princey. It's it's so princey, and it's just like I realized like here this was the middle of it, and then another anecdote. I think this was a Quest Love story. We're talking about when they're in Electric Lady, they just sit in the in the green room or, or the chill out the lounge room, and they'd watch like Prince videos of like Prince Live and stuff like that. So he, Prince has always been there in D'Angelo's psyche like I'm not saying he wants to be him because he's very he's, he's very different at the same time but there definitely is a, def- it's a it's a defining feature in his career I think sort of like trying to trying to sort of emulate emulate him 
emulate it's not copy but sort of emulate or, or bring some of prince into his his undoubted um uniqueness because d'angelo is very unique as an artist but definitely trying to add some prince in there and trying to get closer to him because i mean like what it's just so weird we see him we see him live now he's just always on guitar like just always that's 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 his, it's like he's become his main instrument it's so, it's so weird that he when you look at think back to brown sugar it's just always keys always when i saw him live um back when this album came out so what 2000 mm. there was no guitar there he was just just always on keys just just now you see him live just always guitar so there is that but yeah but i, I said uh, um because sometimes it can sound a bit like disparaging when you say, "Oh, this artist trying to be like blah blah blah." So I was going to keep the Prince talk to a minimum. No, but he, you know, he he regularly talks about you know looking to influences and and learning from the greats. And Prince was his first idol. Um, in the making of this album, you know, he talks more about Mayfield and Gay and Wonder, and you know them just having these crazy jam sessions where they would just learn it'd just be like a covers gig and they would just be playing these songs over and over and over and over and over again until when it came to them then kind of creating their own stuff you know they had all these ideas and these reference points in them and had the understanding of what those guys did to create the magic that they created back then and and that evolution from the Motown soul to the funk and I think that's what he's done here Brown Sugar is the soul, is the Motown soul album, it's where it starts in the 60s. And in the 70s, it moves into this deeper, darker funk sound, which is what you mm. with voodoo. It is his transition yeah. from the clean, sweet soul to something more edgy, more funky. I'm trying to think, is there an artist that, it, that? I'd, I'd say, um, especially the way I would, it's got a lot of uh, George Clinton... I don't think anyone went as clean to dark as he did. Um, Stevie Wonder and, and Marvin Gaye, they both they both went from the clean sound to something more edgier and more more musical. Yeah, more music driven, more less pop driven, more musicality driven, but it didn't get as dark as what as what voodoo is. Um, which yeah, and again, the title itself, the album title is called Voodoo. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're telling you, yeah, you're about to go on a dark journey with me, you know. Yeah, it very much speaks to his frame of mind and like emotionally, but also just professionally, like like you say, and artistically, like where where am I going? Like you know, what I mean, because I remember um uh an interview where he talks about the uh, duet he did with um Lauren Hill. We, we spoke about on the Laurel Hill album. That, that's a great song. We love that song. But he was saying they were meant to do more stuff together. Um, and he said the reason why it kind of didn't work because um, she wanted to she wanted to be more on that um, Stevie Wonder tip, which is like kind of clean. I think, I don't know if he used the word clean, but he was like kind of on that kind of clean tip where he said, I wanted to be a bit more edgy, a bit more darker. And we couldn't really sort of like come together with doing anything more. That's why they never did anything else, even though that song's a great song so it makes sense what you're saying that he was always wanting to be a bit more a bit more edgy a bit more on that thing and uh yeah when you listen to some of them he's, there's definitely some p-funk influences there not just sort of like traditionally funk but we listen to like a lot of george clinton and parliament a lot of that stuff is 
dark as shit it's just like so weird and and i think there is definitely a weirdness <laughs> on this album you know what i mean there is there is there are a lot of songs where i just feel like i don't even know i don't even know where you're going anyway there are <laughs> this is funny to me because i didn't even realize there are two more releases after this but f ash if you mind i we don't need to really go into these like just what were the releases like, what were the releases i'm gonna tell you what they are send it on yeah that makes sense which is nice it's a like nice slice of old school soul this could have been on this could have been on brown Street, yeah I this feel. was my go-to track at the start when i first got yeah, yeah. this was the one yeah to. horns are amazing i love it <sighs> ridiculous um this was released 25th of march 2000 and the other release was uh feel like making love which is a cover yeah makes sense uh right uh written by eugene mcdaniels uh i think this was re- recorded by roberta flack i think not sure um but i think it was roberta flack that actually did it um produced by d'angelo um and it's just this is just nice yeah again sort of like this is kind of like an outlier on on the album i feel like it just comes it's is this after untitled on the it's way down there no, as well before, isn't it before untitled so it, it feel like making love comes after the climax of the album your climax of the album is is the seven eight seven eight nine one again the root and spanish joint one again yeah. and the root takes you on this real breakup beat down yes battered journey and then spanish mm-hmm. joint is your redemption and the, the thing that kind of pulls you back to life and makes sure that everyone's oh, yeah. right and then the album just kind of then plays out after that but yeah you know, and feel like making love comes after spanish strong which is it works really well actually like into i i love the track listing on it actually i love the way it it builds um it tells a great story it tells a great story um it does it does but you i i felt like i didn't get to a place where i could listen to it like that but that's how i listen to it now and that's what i get from it now um yeah uh we can talk about that we can talk about the legacy now and best of the rest because i think a lot of the best of the rest will come into that talk but i will just say because you mentioned it let's get let's get into it spanish joint spanish joint was uh when i first listened to this it was the only tune the only tune apart from maybe send it on and one more again but we'll get into it but spanish joint was the one was the other that I thought was genius song. Mm. I thought I heard it and I was just like, not that I mean even into Latin stuff, but to me it just like the way it started. Dum, 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 dum. You know what I mean? Like Pino, it's not even it's is not it Pino Paladino on this? Not Pino. Is it no? Okay, so basically yes, exactly. It's not Pino. This is where I went down the Charlie Hunter, the Charlie Hunter um, um, rabbit hole. So basically, so the bass, the bass and guitar. Um, it's done by a guy called Charlie Hunter but the, the amazing thing about this which I didn't know at the time is that he plays the bass and the guitar simultaneously on an 8 string guitar uh, for people that don't know a standard guitar is like 6 strings so it's a it's a non-standard guitar it's 8 strings so he's like doing that dun, 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 and dun, 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 all that all those little guitar trills all at the same time watching him do it 
it's 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 mental as well it's somewhere on on youtube go and find it if you're interested in that kind of thing but that is mad and then you so you couple that right you couple all that charlie hunter doing a madness yeah and then you got roy hargrove on them bro, on that brass yeah what what are we talking about here his, the, his the, horn the, arrangement on this is just it's what oh my gosh like it did so many levels to this game and they just <laughs> like this song just shows like where for me anyway like where this album went musically and what the standards that they were trying to bring to their game i don't think there's anything else in the neo soul bracket that touches anything close to the playing ability of what goes on on this record you could you, you could say there's something like vocally so you could probably say that there's other vocalists out there who've delivered vocal lines to this level and this standard of like genius. Oh yeah. But oh yeah. yeah playing wise yeah. to actually do it and put it on this album. And it's funny because they give you a little teaser before the route. There's this little like P-Funk type interlude thing between One More Again and, and uh, the route, which shows some really fast playing and some just real intense um yeah, musicality, but this is just where it's at. And I, I was just taken away by it. I just couldn't believe what I was hearing, what I was Oh, man. Hearing. Because, again, if you only listen to kind of commercial-based music, you're not exposed to this musicianship that you get in classical music and in jazz music uh, and, in, and in Latin music, essentially. Mm -hmm. So he was just... It, one, he was exposing us to, like, a whole new world. But secondly, he was just showing you the levels of this game and where where he was pushing it to and where he was taking it to and where he wanted everyone else mm. to be like madness. But what I think, what I think, <laughs> the thing about Spanish joint, like musically, it's like so, it's so high level, like in terms of like uh, musicianship and just the musicality involved in it. But I just feel like it's really, the melodies are really accessible. Mm. So even though, the the playing is a madness. It's really the melodies are really accessible. You know what I mean? The bass line is catchy, and like his his vocal line is really catchy. And then the bra, like hooks everywhere, just hooks all over the place in this song. And I just I just think, yeah, I think it's just an amazing piece of work. Like, and again, it was like it was the light along with Untitled. This was the light in darkness that was Voodoo album. I was like, this, like, it sort of, like, just really stood out for me immediately. Um, yeah, I've got nothing but love for this. Um, my my second favourite song on the album to this day, uh, apart from Entitled, the one I listen to the most, is, 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 is great. And it was just, and it's one of the great things about this podcast is that just when you think you know everything about a song you love, you learn one more thing. And I didn't know about this Charlie Hunter guy. I was uh, blown away when they talked about that. And, and like the, the, it's the first take the first take is the recording Crazy. that's that's Crazy. the track you're hearing you're not even hearing like two or three takes down you are hearing the first take like Crazy. that's just um, yeah wow yeah it's like it's like what you're saying as well so the the ability and just to have you know like you know like d'angelo is must be considered like is respected by his peers because for him to be able to attract the quality of musicians, you know what I mean? Not just people that are in his crew, not just the Soul Quarians, but outside people, your Roy Hargroves, your Pino Palladinos, right? this Charlie Hunter guy, just to attract those type of people onto this project. You know what I mean? These people that have worked with 
some of the greatest you know artists alive but they just like oh yeah we, we, we're gonna come together on this thing and uh and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna do something make something great it's it's, it's mental it, it, it's, it's mental and I, I i i really understand why when you watch those interviews with with um the engineer i can't remember his name it's like a spanish sounding name is it i i really need to yeah because we could we need to give him his props because um he he basically replaced uh bob power as the engineer mm. on this right because uh him and d'angelo just uh didn't kind of vibes so <laughs> but yeah he he did great work on this um serious yeah. guy serious guy and really you know, serious dude. and he, he features on on more albums that we'll be talking about his his work on yeah on badu's album as well oh my goodness graciously and the, and the thing about it he just seems like he seems like not someone that would be this is how i know like music can be like a common language because you know you just you just look at him and then you look at d'angelo you just like how how did that how did that come together but when he speaks about like they just they were just on the same wavelength musically russell elevado. You know I mean? there you go russell say it again Ash. russell elevado yeah russell elevado for all anyone that's listening to this he looks about it he, he, he does look about yeah, it he, he, he does look he does play the role he looks yeah and he does uh he does some guitar work on some of these tunes in it like yeah. somewhere along the line I, I think i i think i saw but um for anyone that's um interested in engineering or just interested in, in the story of this album go check out uh russell sorry actually second surname elevado. yeah elevado uh his interview with red bull academy it's really it's really good really insightful um yeah. in fact they all are uh the bob power interview with them is good the russell Ele- this guy whose name I can't and the Quest Love one. They're like really insightful if you want to know. Like they it's not it's not all about this album, but each one just speaks about a little bit about it. So if you hear any knocking, that's my son. It's all right. Um, my child's just been crying. Cool. Just being crazy. So yeah, so really good, really good work. Um I lost my train of thought, Ash. Oh, oh. like I would say there's a there's a clip of Eric Clapton in the studio listening to this before it's been released. And he listens to like, he listens to like a phrase and he stops it and he goes, oh my God, is it all like this? Uh, and he's just like in awe and just like, ah. And you know, it's probably the same reaction that we all had. Yeah. What's he listening to? Is he listening to a Spanish joint? Yeah. He, or is it yeah, yeah, Spanish yeah. joint? Okay. It's a clip of him listening to Spanish joint and he's just sat there and he has to stop it and just like, <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? I know. What are you doing? I know. It, like, it's cr- it's crazy. It it's it's cr- it it gets me from 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 the moment the baseline comes in and then Charlie Hunter does that 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 really fast guitar riff and you I'm just like oh it's about to go it's about to go off and every time I listen to it that's how I feel oh it's about to go off and it just goes off and and the fact that they're able to finish the song and go into an instrumental break and just take you on a completely oh, other journey oh, when it when it speeds right. up a bit and it just oh it's just it's just mental. and then bring it, it back it in to finish it off properly like you know there's not many people that can go out there and do that and, and do that on a record and and drop a track like that and it, you know i still feel it has such an iconic status on this iconic album like partially because like we said it it is the light but again that's what the song's about it's about like not letting the clouds it, you know the cloud that follows you won't cease to rain. It, it, you've got to get up. You've got to get on with it, and 
make it what you want to make it like and to come after the breakup song you know like and the root so that's the root is my tune like it's it is just the breakup songs of all breakup songs as far as i'm concerned he's <laughs> so he goes so low it takes you to such a deep dark place where you are are broken as a man and i'm sure many women can relate to it but it's not as often that you you hear the story of a man being broken like that and it, it is just oh painful it's painful and it hurts and it's just yeah there's there's anguish in that song and it's yeah man it is it's powerful really really powerful and you know but it, alongside that again the musicality the beat when it drops yeah so like yeah so Questlove talks about it's like a it's like the three songs that are like where that they wanted to be, be do a bit more like virtu, virtu, virtuosity in it so it's like the root spanish joint and a uh, great days and whatever that one like those ones there that that was like a session they were done in a session or something like that with i think charlie hunters on that one as well so yeah there was like yeah i can't remember what he says he says something about oh yeah that they were a session and we wanted to get a bit more music musical and all that kind of stuff and yeah the route is sick no and that is the guitar solo reversing the solo like genius like real wonderful work um yeah man that that was the song that got me i think when i was when i was going through my first breakup and i had that tune like yeah then the album started making more sense to me it started all kind of slowly clicking together and and piecing it all together i love that i loved it just to go show how much how much cooler more cooler, cooler in the media you are during your first breakup you listen to the root during my first break i was listening to all by myself <laughs> all by myself hey, yeah that's how you know actually infinite, infinite, infinite infinitely cooler than i was the time okay <laughs> but you're right the root is a, is a is a great breakup song for real um and it's 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 uh it's it's very rarely spoken about that actually um maybe because it's hard to understand him a lot of time but he does write great lyrics too yeah but, you know but I mean? again that's, that's what i love album covers lyrics are all there for you to read through and to right digest exactly and find your own meaning of but what i loved when when listening to the the russell elevado interview with, with benji b who's like an amazing dj and one extra radio six guy and a champion for for great music for many years uh, it's great that he was there doing that interview, but I just I didn't expect them to pull out that record and play that tune, and they play that tune, and I'm just like, oh, and it's not just me, it's not just me. There's just the vocal layering on the track as well, like it just so much. There's so much to it, um, but yeah, like that for me, that's my tune, and and I just love the way that you've got one more again before it where you kind of are. Oh, right well we broke up and i'm with someone else now you're with someone else now, but you know i'm kind of like you know and then you get the root and it's just like and he's like nah, nah. it's a struggle <laughs> it's, it's a struggle me. it's a struggle yeah yeah he's not having you can't go back there it's done <laughs> like I, again yeah. storytelling in albums like i just i love the way those three the the arc of those three songs um a, a story within a story of this album um is is brilliant artistry and and why albums are amazing when they're done right um 
you know ash shoot do you know what this is why this is why i'm gonna i'm gonna uh uh, uh toot our own trumpet or blow our own horn here this is why this this podcast is important i've read so many write-ups about about this album i've never heard one person mention the three track arc of one more game the root and spanish joint never heard it and it and it's blatantly and it's so obviously there you're the only person that mentioned it and it's like it's worth mentioning it's like really important like especially especially if you like lyrics maybe maybe people are just really thrown off because they can't understand what he's and 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 just didn't take the time out to read the lyrics because yeah it's a it's a story you know what i mean no it's dark it's dark it's dark it's dark yeah it's good though um yeah one more gin or one more gin as you've been mentioning that's like one of my was one of my go-tos now again it's the it's the one where you just like it starts off dark and you're just like okay it's, a, it's gonna be another one of them ones and then it goes boom and he goes all nice and you're like yeah this is nice yeah for real for real yeah this one this wicked oh man it's proper it's it's so good uh yeah pino's baseline on this one it's just it just it throws you for a loop you're just like thinking oh man it's gonna be like oh we're gonna be down there in the depths of hell and this takes you up into niceness yeah it's great great song this one um yeah man any more what, oh, what, what else I mean, play a player like again i probably didn't appreciate <laughs> it till i started playing in a band okay. and you know good being a band and wanting to step into a place and saying oi we're here we're coming to play you you ain't ready for us you think you're ready but you're not ready for us we're just gonna come and rip it up and you just you, my drummer he's tighter than everyone else man like we we got this and you can't come here like just don't come into our arena we own this mm. and i just mm. you know when when we started playing out together and you know when we go to do different gigs and and stuff like you know like, like this is what i wanted us to this is the energy that i had or my ego wanted us to have that like we whenever we come and we put it down we are putting it down and laying a marker and no one else saying no, nah, you're not. You're not ready for this. You're not ready for it. Not ready for what the remedies are bringing. You know, and we achieved a little bit of that. But um, you know, I I love the the ego and the swagger of it, and just how it sets you sets you up for his mindset of of where they're trying to take it musically, and that they're trying to push on another level um, to where it is. Um, Africa is a gorgeous song, just about fatherhood and parenthood. And lovely. Uh, just, yeah, I, I think it, it gets lost in Untitled, unfortunately. Like, <laughs> but it, it doesn't it doesn't get the praise that it's it's due. It's, it's a gorgeous piece of work to finish out the album on. Um, I was like, uh, yeah, love the way the album starts. Love the, that outro, that ending as well. Like two really, really um, strong tracks with, completely different meanings and different different messages that he's trying to put off and 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 showing different sides of his character and what he's about like it's just oh God, there's so much in this album like it is it's crazy and it, and it's so much more so like so the last couple of days i've been putting it out there to people like right what are you saying brown sugar or voodoo and it, it's 
pretty clear that like the music fan loves Brown Sugar. Right. Uh, well, sorry, everyone loves both albums, but the music yeah. fan loves Brown Sugar, but the music and the right goes for Voodoo. Every time. so basically, yeah. So let's let's get onto the legacy there. So that's a nice little segue to it, because I feel like that is the legacy of this album, right? It's 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 there, it's the it's divided, and I feel like what I've come to realize, and and it's weird because I considered myself a bit of a muso, but maybe at the time, maybe I wasn't. I I wanted more. I was more the music fan, and I just wanted. I hate to say it because it sounds like I'm basic, but it's just like I kind of wanted a better version of Brown Sugar. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's why I went. I went brown sugar, but just better. Just like a more mature. He's you know he's become a bit a better player, and it's just going to be brown sugar, but to the to the to the nth degree. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted, and that's what Untitled threatened. Threatened. It threatened it was going to be that, and then no, we don't get that. But the musos love it, and the musos should love it because all the things we've spoken about before. So I would always say the legacy is that to to the muso, it's a masterpiece, right? To the music fan, it's inaccessible. That's 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 how I feel. It, it ultimately, with with a few exceptions, ultimately, it's inaccessible. Okay. Yeah. And then and then to like some of the critics, I'm reading some of the critics at the time, what they said about it. Self indulgent. Now. I usually love a bit of self-indulgence. I mean, I listen to Prince and if you listen to Prince, you listen to Stevie Wonder even, right? You know what self-indulgence is. However, I just feel like he made this album for himself, yes, but for people like him. Yeah. People like Questlove, people like Pino Palladino, people like Charlie Hunter, like all, all those great musicians, like Raphael Sadiq, all those great musicians in there that appreciate not just a lovely melody but appreciate the technicalities of stuff or just appreciate just what it is to be in a room with a whole bunch of other great musicians and to just play and keep on playing and keep on playing and it's like oh press record now because it's we might capture something great or we might not i think that's that's another reason having been in band settings um at the time to me, when I heard it, I was like, why does this sound like a collection of jams? It's like, it's not not like it was unfinished, but I was just like, this is like a collection of jams. Where, where like, did he actually sit down and write a song? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's like, there were, when I started getting really angry about it, because I did get angry for, for a while. Like, some people tell me, oh, it's amazing. I was like, no, man, it's not amazing. This is like, it's a collection of jams. Like, what's, what's going on here? Now, I'm just like, I love that. I love that. I want to be involved in it. I want to be involved in the sessions. Do you know what I mean? I would I would love to, you know, been been there when they did one more gin or uh watch Charlie Hunter play on the route or Spanish joint or Roy, Roy Hargrove, you know, just to be in that in that energy. Yeah. You know, but then but I just feel like it it doesn't harm the legacy. I don't think his legacy's harmed. Like people know it's a great album, but I just feel like it's split. It sort of split the fan base. And it's no, it's it. It doesn't surprise me that people like. Was it? Did you say? Is it Benji B did the uh, mm. Elizardo yeah. uh, interview? Benji B, or even someone younger like Tom Mish, um, they they talk about this album in such glowing terms. Yeah, because they're they're, they're folk. They would do. You know what I mean? A Tom Mish 
he he'd be like he he grew up listening to this and and, and playing those, them guitar riffs mm-hmm. do you know what i mean you, i know i can hear it in his style you know what i mean so when he said it i was just like yeah, it makes sense yeah. do you know what i mean but for for your not i'm not gonna say casual music fan because i don't think people who are into Maj- maxwell are casual yeah. music fans but people who want the melody do you know what i mean who want that i i just feel like he he didn't make it for them no he didn't that's my opinion but yeah you know and again one of the tracks um the line you know he's he's talking about it he's, he's talking about putting everything on the line and, and having a stand for something and you know he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing from a church perspective from a, a label perspective from a music fan perspective but he's doing what he's supposed to be doing from an art perspective he's standing for his art he's standing for his musicianship and he and his vision of, of where he wanted to take himself as an artist um and yeah and and again the fact that he did that is, is part of the reason why it stood the test of time and it continues to inspire new generations of musicians and it's a go-to more so than yeah previous. right and and uh, I don't want people to get me wrong here. I respect totally somebody not just regurgitating the same thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I respect Maxwell for trying it. I I respect D'Angelo for doing it. Like even before those guys, um, <laughs> I'm a I'm a um, I'm a Terence Trent Derby fan. Yeah, I know. Like, I am. Anyway, his first album was huge. He became an international superstar. Then he brought out a second album and his record company wanted to do something the same they wanted wish him well again they want if you if you let me stay they wanted all them tunes he did something he just went straight left field do you know what i mean i think it's a good album but man critics like were like nah the sales was just terrible and people who don't remember like territory derby there was a period where he was big i mean he was reading grammys he he was huge right and uh he did the same thing and i res i respect it and he's he's um even when he does interviews now he's he's not regretful he's like this what i would be i was just being true to myself he's like i couldn't do that album again do you know what i mean like he's like it would have bored me do you know what i mean and i i, I respect it i i respect it I, I may not always like it i may not always appreciate the decision but you got to respect it because it's it's your art right yeah. it's 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 yeah yeah and 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 you're being creative and um i'll take you being creative over regurgitating the same stuff over and over again all day long which which leads to stagnation which has happened in the so yeah exactly. you know eventually yeah. your fans actually don't end up wanting it or or not so much or you or you know they just move on to something else and they don't right they don't check for you yeah. much you know or, or just no. you know like do I do I really want a Mint Condition album in in 2021? You know, I don't know if I do. Like, I'm quite happy with what they've given me over those you know 10 years or so. You know, and they've got Jamiroquai. I, I I love Jamiroquai, but you know, but he's found it really, really, really hard to deliver anything of of real substance. You know, probably since album five. And even then, he had moments with album six and album seven, but albums. Yeah, and it just you know. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel like he became a, a a one moment in an album artist from for, for me from about four, from album four onwards. Um, I, I hear you with Jamiroquai. Yeah, like and the first 
two, three amazing. Uh, yeah. But it just comes down to the fact that it's so hard as I feel as a as a music artist to be able to continuously create new, fresh bodies of work that are I, I just I don't I don't see how someone's got it in them to to have the level of creativity and the level and the amount of stories to we, tell yeah. over your we spoke you know yeah we spoke about this before i can't remember what what um podcast it was on but um i was using prince as, as an example i was saying i think i said something like from the 90s onward he did good stuff but it was nothing like the 80s yeah but like how could it be <laughs> the 80s was his 80s catalog is ridiculous do you know what i mean so how could it be and do you know what i mean especially when you're not working with other 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 uh, uh producers and it's like you doing that you're the you're the you're the main producer it's it's difficult to and when you're prolific like that it's good to, it's gonna sound the same mm. do you know what i mean it's gonna it's gonna sound like with jamiroquai he's working with the same band guys do you know what i mean so it's gonna be after a while you're just gonna be tapped out basically and like and maybe that's one one of the reasons why d'angelo has so much time in between albums do you know what I mean? Maybe he's just like, I can't do the same thing again. Do you know what I mean? But if I if I bring out album at after two years, this sounds still sounds like what I did last. After three years, same. Do you know what I mean? Probably searching for something. When he gets it, he gets it. Do you know what I mean? We were talking about uh um uh Lauren Hill. We were saying that she still doesn't feel it. She still hasn't get the feeling for it. Maybe there are other issues involved with her, but initially the initially the idea was that she couldn't she didn't have another good one in her she could have done the same thing again but she didn't have another something that was different mm. enough yeah. you know what i mean rather than doing the same thing over and over again it's tough it is tough yeah. but hey hey he did good work and just for the record i do like voodoo <laughs> i do like voodoo it's just that we have a we have a difficult relationship but I listen to it a lot, so I must love it. So yeah, it's cool. And I even come to I even like Black Messiah now, which I hated that for a long time. I even I even like that. Huh? It's a good album, but it's, very... it's not on it's not on the level of these two. And to be fair, it shouldn't it shouldn't be because these two albums right here are just on a level. So Brown Sugar and Voodoo are just I don't know any other artist who's really done something to this standard to have released two albums of this caliber of varying styles, telling varying stories, um, to show growth as an artist, to, to push boundaries and to push things forward in the way that he's done. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, uh, but I can't remember the, the time frame then they probably weren't, weren't released back to back, but I was gonna I was gonna think I was thinking of Stevie Wonder's talking book and then Songs in the Key of Life. But then even though they're different, the departure is not as vast. No. Do you know what I mean? As this. So yeah, yeah, you're you're probably right. Um, I'm trying to think of, but you're right, you're probably right. It, it, it's really hard to find yeah. any examples yeah. of, of people that have been able to just really push the boat. And even if they were pushing the boat, just to have two amazingly solid quality albums in in what he delivered. Um, yeah. It's, I can't really find to me, can't find reference points for, for anyone else, if I'm honest. It's tough. It's tough. And that's why, and that's why he's, uh, he's considered, I don't know, a genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? One of the legends. Yeah. And he'll one, 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 one of the def- legends. Def- definitely one of the legends. And definitely the, uh, 
I I think he's considered the foremost foremost artist in the neo soul genre. But uh, even though we always say there's a trinity, but I can I I think he's considered even above those two. Yeah, he's like considered that that he is the guy. And when I say those two, I'm talking about Eric Badu and Maxwell. Um, but um, yeah, I I think he's considered the the dude. The he was the first, and I think he's considered the, the not the most credible. Credible is not, but the one with genius. Mm. I think he's the one who's considered genius. Whereas I think a lot of the others are considered like they're excellent, excellent artists, really, really good artists. But I think he's considered genius, and he's just a step above them. You know what I mean? Like certain people would want to put in the conversation with the all-time legends, like your Stevie Wonders and blah blah blah. Where the others, they wouldn't be in the conversation. Now, whether he is in that, whether he, whether you can put him alongside it, that's a that's a that's a discussion for another podcast. But he's in the discussion, which is ridiculous anyway. The fact that he's in the discussion. So yeah, there we go. And and that's on account of two albums. So just goes to show what a body of work it was. Cool, Ash. Nice. I, I think I think I think we actually did that one justice. Yeah, <laughs> I was worried about it. Yeah. I was worried about it, but yeah, no, it was it was good, 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 good. So, my man, um, it's been a long time since the last one, so I know you listen to a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot, a lot of stuff. So, I want to Ash recommends right now. Oof, 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 oof. Uh, what am I gonna go for? And you know, I slightly want your. I always want to ask recommends because it slightly sort of like gives me things to listen to as well. <laughs> I tried to make out it's for the listeners, but it's actually for me. Uh, hold on, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? Let me just find it. All right, so Ruben James dropped a new one. So I talked about Ruben James on one of the the other podcasts that we did. He was one of my recommends before, but he dropped a new track at the start of the year called Tunnel Vision, which is really nice lots of lots of good stuff in there of a of a soulful variety and also uh, i'm going to tell you about a uk singer called jazz karis who has a new song out called or are we mistake um just really nice r&b soul type stuff was that jazz paris or jazz harris, harris. okay cool Harris, jazz Harris. okay um, cool, cool, cool. But yeah she's she's such a good vocalist um very good nice nice single to start the year with i'm hoping that they're going to do a lot of good stuff with her this year so um yeah do look out for her but yeah those are those are the two that i am um, i'll be i'll recommend for today ruben james and jazz Harris. good stuff good check it out good 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 so ash that brings us to the end it's lovely to be back do you know do you know uh not like we've got like like thousands and thousands of listeners but people have actually asked me there have actually been some people who have actually asked me when are you guys coming back <laughs> or a question i got the other day was have you guys done a, done another one recently like nah i was like oh okay okay let me know when you have I was like, all right then. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, people, uh, so it's nice. Please, like, we'll, we'll endeavour to, to find more consistency because that is the key. That is the key. Um, it, it's in the, the, the period of, of our lives that Ashley and I are in. Um, yeah, it's a mad one. So if we can become consistent, 
Hey, we be uh, yeah, we can, we'll be we uh, can we can do it. We're gonna do it. We can do it. We can we can do. It. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? I think, like almost all these albums, we know these albums, but sometimes you just you know you, you think people are listening to you. You just like I got to do research. I got I got to come with like some good stuff. Whereas sometimes just talking about it just talking about it and you you know you're able to just get it out there it, it, it can work as well i mean it's good to be prepared but you know sometimes the beauty of it is just sort of talking th- things out with your brethren and then you know get some understanding no doubt yeah no doubt no doubt. cool no doubt. my man thank you very much Brilliant. it's nice to be back it's nice to it's nice to chop it up with you thank again, you for so. listening people thank you for listening oh yeah ash where can i find us Reflections Music Podcast, Instagram or Twitter, or um, yeah, just just follow us on our on our own socials as well. Ash Remedy or Jamie John Cheat. Is that right? That is right. <laughs> yeah, so, on Twitter. Yeah, so just 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 find us there. Like follow us. I, I love that. Like, Ashley has to do mine because yeah. I'm just like I'm social media like illiterate. Like so, cool, good. Thank you very much once again, and I'll uh, see you in the next one. Nice peeps.